morning. Welcome to Lifeline Edit. I'm your host, John Aberly. Today I've got a very special program going on. I have a man who is known around the world. He is the founder, lead singer of the rock group, I should actually say R&B funk type of music group, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Harry Wayne Casey. Casey, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Hey, man, really appreciate you coming on. I've got my wife, Sharon, here with me, huge fan of yours. Uh, we're going to kind of do it in a kind of a fan sort of interview today, along with the professional sidekick being me. Okay. So we're going to run it that way. Casey, um, you're from the Miami area. I am. Uh, what was Miami like in the uh, like early 70s, going into the mid-70s? What was the, the sound like down there, and where were things moving? Well... I don't know if it was a, a, a sound, per se, here in Miami. A lot of people came to Miami to record, uh, famous people, um, Aretha Franklin, Eric Clapton. Uh, a lot of people on, on, on Atlantic Records uh, came to Miami to, to record because it was, uh, I, I guess, because of the weather. <laughs> I don't know. The, I don't know if the cost had anything to do with it. But um, uh, So I don't know if there was really a sound here. Um, other than I know that a lot of times records were hits here in the Miami area that really weren't hits nationally anywhere else. Okay. Um, but, you know, in Miami was just a, a, a kind of a small city, really. You know, it was a, it was a, it, it's, a, it, it's always been a tourist you know, place where people come to either retire or they come down here for the winter, you know, to, to escape the, the winter cold. And it's, you know, it's a very transient place. So, um, uh, well, you grew up down there, and, right. and your family's from down there. Right. I mean, it's a whole new city now, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, dramatically. I, I've been yeah. down there many times. My father lived down there during right. the mid to late 80s. Right. Totally a different environment now. So it was now. very quiet. I mean, at the mm -hmm. time, you know, that I started writing the records, we were just kind of going through the end of the Vietnam War, I believe, yep. and, and like the first oil crisis. Yep, 73. I felt music had gotten really dark. And I just wanted to create, you know, something a little bit, you know, I just wanted to put music out there with more energy in it and, and just more, you know, more energy in it. Well, that was a different sound. It really yeah. was when you were coming from. Now, you know, I was a kid, but, I, you know, your music is world-renowned. Right. Everyone knows it. Matter of fact, on a side right. note, last night I announced you know, a high I mean, school football game, and your song came on at the end, right. you know. Get Down Tonight was the big celebration song right. for the football team right. last night. It's everywhere. Right. I mean, I, you know, I grew up, I grew up like, listening to Motown, mm -hmm. you know, the stacks. I loved, I loved R&B more than anything because I, I guess, I mean, in my home, my mother, you know, we listened, you know, we listened to Ray Charles and Nancy Wilson and the Flamingos and all these great R&B acts, you know, from the, from, the, from the 50s, I guess. That's why my mother loved mm -hmm. R&B music, too. She loved to dance. So, but, you know, my... You know, when I when I came of age and started really recognizing that hey, I, in music, um, you know, it was it was the locomotion with Little Even, a lot of that great stuff from Philadelphia, that Philadelphia yep. sound stuff. Um, you know, with the Parliament Funkadelic, and um, I mean the Parliaments they were called at the time. And, you know, there was Barbara Mason, and then there was the um, the Neville Brothers, and you know, just all that. You know, and and then the Motown sound and. And, of course, like a lot of people in my family were musically inclined, and a lot of them played piano. And so I always gravitated towards, you know, records that had organ and piano on them, like Lee Michaels. And, you know, I loved the Joe Cocker stuff that came yep. out. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, well, you've got, and, you and incorporate then, and then, so and many then, things. And then, then soon after that, there was the Blood, Sweat, Tears, and Chicago Bunch with the horn stuff. Yep. So, 
I think when I started making my records, I just loved these key elements, and, and I wanted them in my records. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you 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 know you, again, you're growing up in Miami. You've got a little bit of a family, you know, situation that they can't. You know, they're, they're in the music. They're exposing you to it. What was school like, though? Did you have? Other interests, or was school just something? Hey, I got to get through was, this. I mean, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, I wasn't in band because mm -hmm. I really, you know, the, the the instrument I liked to play was a keyboard, and you know, really, band was more, you know, drums, mm -hmm. horns, and um, you know, uh, woodwinds and stuff like that. More, you know, I mean, at one point in elementary school, I did pick up a clarinet for, uh, yeah, the clarinet for for a minute, but. Um, uh, you know, in school, I was pretty much in the chorus department or in the music department. I mean, I mean in junior high, um, well, elementary school, you had uh, three weeks of music, three uh, or four weeks of music, four week, or six weeks of music, six weeks of art, and six weeks of graphics or something like that. Okay. And then when we got to junior high, I think chorus became an elective. So I took a chorus class, you know, mm -hmm. and just was in the chorus because I love to sing, you know. Yeah. And... Um, Pretty much that's what I did through high school and stuff, you know, just stayed kind of in the choral department. Um, you, you know, and then they would have the talent shows or whatever, mm -hmm. and I would go do those things. Did you feel you had the talent? Could you feel it there inside you at that young age? Some I knew all know. along. I, I, knew. I just had a gut feeling. That's I, incredible. You know, I've always said this. I don't, and it's hard to explain that I had such, you know, um, I don't know if it was a... Um, What's the worst? Aspirations, maybe? Huh? Aspirations, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I had an age in my head. I had, I mean, all these things. And, you know, like, all through school, every time that they put occupation, I always put entertainer or something. I mean, you know, and I, I'm sure they thought, this guy is nuts. Well, I, yeah. What did your family think, Casey? Were they behind you on it? Because, you know, a lot of you families know, go, was, you know. My father was very neutral, mm -hmm. um, never got into any of what my sister or I wanted to do or were doing. Uh, supportive, you know, to, to a degree, but never um, yay or nay, you know what I mean? Uh, just as long as we were doing the right things in life. Well, that's, that's it. But isn't it a great feeling? My mother, on yourself? the other hand, was a little bit. Um, adverse to it because she had um, grown up kind of around it and in you know hung out with people like Aretha Franklin or Ray Charles and James wow. she with all these people and she just knew the the drug in part of it I think and she saw the other end of it that I was not aware of, I guess. Was that something she pulled you aside and said, hey, look, Casey, I, I want you to take a look at this aspect? No, she, she, I, I think she just thought, you know, I guess she knew musicians and some of them might have been, were losers, or I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if every musician's a loser, but you know what I mean? Yeah. She, she, she probably thought that they don't go, I, I don't know. I don't know what her thing was, but she, she would always tell me, why don't I go get a job? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and I make, think every And parent, make something yeah. of myself. Oh, yeah, well, you made something of yourself. Exactly. I think you're probably shot, but I think every parent, you know, because when you become a parent, you hit, you know, real, you know, right. it's, you become realistic. You see the world in a different way. You don't right. want your kids to get hurt, but Correct. you, but you had that feeling. You right. knew it, right. and that's such a special gift. Because I've interviewed other other artists, be them, and I was told I wouldn't support. make it because I sounded too too black. You know, I mean, yeah, but that fit though for you. 
Yeah. I mean, you were able to find that. I was going to get into that next. You're right. you're chasing this dream here. Right. You know, you're working. Absolutely. You know, in the record industry, you're doing different things. Right. How were you able to put it together? What, you know, in your mind, well, you had you know, visualized. I, I think it. my goal all along was I love music. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. That's what my career needs to be, uh, somehow associated with music, whether, I mean, I ended up working in a record store because of my love of music. So I thought, you know, whether it's a record store, and then I found out there's, you know, wholesale distributors and all this other branch of, you know, other different things that that involve music. I just started learning everything about music and distribution and, and promotion, just whatever it was. I mean, I, you know, at one point I was doing interviews of major acts when they would come into town and stuff. And um, so, I, you know, I just started doing a lot of, you know, things. I mean, I, I, I believe, like, if you have these dreams and if you have these aspirations and stuff, that you, that you get into whatever that is, it's in any degree. You don't have to be the top of that, but you know, like, 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 if you want to be, if you're growing up, you want to be a football player, and things just don't work out for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? You could become a coach. You know, you could become a, you know, part of the management. Just something that involves football or or, or basketball or or baseball or or you know art or, or whatever. But you it did is. it the opposite way, though. That, following your you know your timeline right. here, you're coming from. So I knew that, that I wanted. To be in the entertainment business, so I, you know, my goals were, of course, do anything to be in the entertainment business. But you learned the inner workings exactly. of it at the same time exactly. as you were putting together your music, <laughs> which, unbeknownst to me, would help me tremendously, in you know, in the future. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and most bands never look at that aspect of it, and they right. and they end up getting taken advantage of it, right. usually in their first couple signings. Correct. And then later on, they made and it you, get you have no to story. Understand, when I first signed, I knew that I was starting out, going to start out at the bottom of the of the the point system or whatever. That's where you start. And I think this is where a lot of people get screwed up in their heads because they see those percentages say, I'm not signing that. And I think a lot of people have ruined their careers over the paperwork. I agree 100. percent They, I, I think they you expect know? too much too fast. And or you know, they don't I, I read totally the fine I totally believe print. in like you know you sign the paper. I mean you you you, know, you look at it carefully. You don't you don't want to mm-hmm. like get totally taken advantage of and give away the, you know the, the you know the building yeah. you know or whatever the shop. But um, you know you go in there and then you make yourself successful. You can al- always renegotiate or whatever once you. Prove yourself. You know, I mean, uh, I agree 100. percent I deal in business all day as my regular job, and yeah. that's how I look at it. I'll right. take a little bit now to get in, and then in the future we're going to renegotiate and look for the bigger picture. Exactly. And exactly. That, and, and, you and then you have yourself. to know how to hold back on that. You can't just go be greedy exactly. with that either, and like say, well, now I want the whole sh- whole story. You know what I mean? You got to always take things in little steps. I believe, and you know, little bits at a time, and you don't step on anybody and you don't do anything that you know that that uh you know this one lady told me one time that life's like a ladder and and life you always want to make sure you like take steps up and you can you can hold on a step but you never want to take a step down like with friends or people or with anybody you know what i mean that's a good point i like that you know because once you take a step down then you've got to get off the ladder that's a good point. And people don't think like that for the most part. You know, There's so much greed. Right. So much greed. Now you're you're putting this you're putting your band together. You must have had you must have been able to visualize 
throughout the day, throughout the course of your day, what you wanted and what you were looking for. But it wasn't like that at all. No. <laughs> no. Okay, I, I thought you would. Okay, go ahead. No, there were studio musicians, and I, I went into the studio, and I just I knew what I wanted musically. Okay. So we had to have those people on the records. Even better. I mean, you the records, the name of the band, everything came before there was even really like a band. So you really did do it. Way ahead of the actual. The first record came part. out of Casey and the Sunshine Juggernaut Band, and there was nobody but me. Wow, <laughs> wow, that's you know, that you really did do it differently than than most other bands right. do. Right, that's amazing. Now you, right. you you're so young though at the time. You're in your early twenties. <coughs> you just kind of went with it, didn't you? you? You knew what you wanted. You I, went with it, and you didn't have any fears or, or, or any, you know, apprehensions about where you were going? No, because, you know, I just went with it because, like, you know, luckily, you know, the, the way things were back then, and, and it was kind of a good thing. I mean, like, I was at the, rec at the record label. What we could do is we could, you know, you could make a record. You could press up a few hundred. The local radio station, if they liked it enough, would give it a spin. And if it started making some noise, you either knew you had something or you didn't have something. And it didn't hurt anybody, you know what I mean? Yeah, so different from today. Right. So so if the record started, you know, people started calling in, then, then the, the local, you know, since we were, he was, the, the, the record company was also the distributor for all the little mom and pop stores in the area. He could get a great feel if a record was happening or not. And then to whether to go into other markets, you know. In the country, and he had a couple other markets he could do the same thing with. So we would, you know, get these records on the radio and then make sure the stores all had two or three copies each in case somebody wanted to buy one and then get it on the radio. And then if it happened, they'd order more records and then go to the next city or the next, you know what I mean? And, and it would start spreading that way. So different from today. We're talking to KC from KC and the Sunshine Band. You're listening to Life Unedited. We'll be back in a few moments. But is it time for dogs to have a social network of their own? So is it time for dogs to have a social network of their own? Is it time for dogs to have a social network of their own? Is it time for dogs to have their own social network of their own? Is it time for dogs to have a social network of their own? Good question. Man, you ask good questions. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That's a great question. First time I've heard it on about 15 interviews. I'm very thankful to ask that. If you're looking for the latest in fashion, beauty, health, lifestyle, and entertainment with unique and interesting guests and the questions that you're always wondering that no one asks, then tune into The Brin Project every Wednesday at 12.15 and every Saturday at 12. And you can stay updated with the show at facebook.com forward slash The Brin Project. That's The Brin Project on Wednesdays at 12.15 and Saturdays at 12. It's Matt from Rivers Monroe. Check out Soundstage on WCHE 1520 Thursdays from 4 to 5 p.m. with new host Mike, my good friend from Rivers Monroe, as he talks with upcoming local artists and musicians. Again, that's Soundstage every Thursday at 4 p.m. with Mike Monroe on WCHE 1520 AM, the talk of Chester County.
At Matthews Paoli Ford, they're more than just a dealership. They're proud to be members of the Chester County community and happy to support the Westchester University football team. They can handle all your automotive needs from new and used cars and trucks to service, rental, and even collision repair. They've won Ford's prestigious President's Award for customer satisfaction for the last three years. Check them out online at paoliford.com or visit them at the point in Paoli. Go further with a new Ford car or truck at Matthews Paoli Ford. Hi, I'm Terry Reeves from Battleground, and you are listening to WCHE 1520 AM. Gilbert? Welcome back to Life Let It I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is KC of KC and the Sunshine Band. My co-host is my wife, Sharon Averly. She is a huge fan of KC and the Sunshine Band. That's why I have brought her on today. Also want to let everyone know, KC will be here in Atlantic City at the Tropicana on the 17th of November. That is a Saturday night. The concert begins at 7.30. Tickets are available. You can get them still uh, through the secondary sources, which is what my wife and I did. Sharon, you wanted to ask Casey a question. I'm going to throw it. Casey, this is my wife, Sharon. Hey, Casey. Hi, Sharon. How are you? Very good. Very good. Nervous, I'll be, I'll be honest. Um, a <laughs> couple of questions. Did you ever consider um, moving into the Philly area because of Motown? Because that's the start of Motown. Moving where? Into Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia area. Or to Detroit, you mean? Yeah, or Detroit. Or Detroit, sure. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I lived here, and things started working out for me here, so there was nowhere, you know what I mean, I, I, you know, growing up, I thought, well, if I'm going to make it, I mean, I, I once sent Motown a letter, and I got a nice rejection back, um, <laughs> um, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, I, I thought maybe I'd have to go to New York or L.A. or whatever, or those places to make it happen, but it started happening for me here, so I didn't ever have to, like, really do that. You know, you strike me as a type of artist that's very loyal and um, just the area that you're you're still in, Florida, um, the Miami area, and you still are probably uh, very friendly. I understand Richard Finch and, and you wrote many, most of all your tunes together. Right. And so I understand, I guess, why you stay in, in your area locally. Well, my family was here. Okay. Uh, you know, my mother and everybody lived here, so there was no way I was going to leave them. Well, what I like about what Casey's done, obviously, he came in at different angles, we said in the first part of the interview. He learned the business aspect of it first at a young age where most artists don't think that way. Then he surrounded himself, as he said, with the people that he wanted and needed. And that loyalty factor carries over. That's why you're still doing what you're doing all these years later, wouldn't you say? Right. I mean, you know, I, I just... I'm living the American dream, and I, I, you know, I love music, and, um, uh, you know, this is what I always wanted to do, so... So it's really not work for you, is it? No. There you go. That's the thing. If you don't, if you can get up well, every sometimes day... Sometimes it feels like work at times, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but for the most part, it is everything you've always wanted? Right, exactly. It's an excellent thing. Let's, let's go into 1975 here. Disco's coming in. You've got, uh, you know, Get Down Tonight, your number one hit. You're a young man. Everything's going on around you. What was it like then in 1975, touring, uh, just being exposed to that world of music and entertainment? Well, by 1975, I mean, I don't know really what it was like, because by then, I was very busy. You know, I'd already written the number one record. Mm -hmm. And so I was very busy in the studio, and I was in the studio pretty much 
24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So I was pretty much disconnected, um, you know, quite a bit from what was going on outside of that recording studio walls. I'm surprised. I, I thought... They, and again, you come from a different angle again. I'm surprised. I thought you would, you know, you'd be throwing yourself wholeheartedly into that kind of lifestyle, that world, but you still kept your head about you. It seems. I had a business, <laughs> you know. You know, when you have a business. <laughs> yeah, but you were like in your early twenties, Casey. No one thinks like that. You're you're a rarity, a special rarity right. there. Well, I mean, I, you know, I think pretty much musicians pretty much dive into you know the the, the the one thing about our business is it it, it, it you know um, since you are a musician it, it might put you in a, in a in a place like you're playing in a club or whatever so you're going to be kind of around mm -hmm. um, you, you know uh, the party atmosphere and it, it you know to a certain extent so um, but but I was pretty much just working in the studio all the time. I mean, I would go out a little bit every now and then, but, you know, my music and all this had to come first. Wow, again, most... You know, I, mean, I think that's another thing that a lot of people don't realize. I mean, you know, today's youth wants everything right away, you know what I mean? Nothing comes right away. Nothing that, that, that's successful comes right away, you know what I mean? Agreed 100%. And, and you have to... Some, there's a lot of sacrifice... And there's a lot of time, and a lot of time you have to put aside, you know, unfortunately, your family and, and partying and, and, you know, all these other things in life, you know, to get, to, to, you know, to get down that road that you've taken. And, um, you know, I, again, I do think a lot of people don't understand that. And, again, they want it so quickly that they don't, they feel like they don't have time and, you know. I hear a lot of time people say, oh, well, I don't have money to do this, and then they go out every night and drink and stuff. So that's why you don't have money to do things. You yeah, know what I mean? that as well. Go ahead, Sharon. You got a question? No, I just wanted to agree. I mean, that's why there's so many one-hit wonders out there. Um, you know, our daughters love bands, but they have no staying power today. Right, right. They put out an album or two, and then you don't hear from them years down the line, or they, you know. Well, you know, there's always been one-hit wonders, and, you know, that was one thing at the company I was with that, there was always a lot of one-hit wonders that came out of there. And so when I had my first hit, I thought, okay, well, that's it. <laughs> you know, and then I had another one and another one and another one, and, you know, that, that changed everything there. But, um, you know, some of the artists that I recorded for were kind of like, you know, were one-hit wonders. And, you know, no matter what we did for that second and third record, it just never did happen again for them. And I don't, I don't know why that is. You know, I mean, it's it's... You know, it's like, you know, I wrote a lot of songs, but there's people out there that have, like, written 12, 13, you know, like, triple and double and triple and quadruple of what I've written. And I, I guess there's just certain degrees that the destiny and our fate, you know, that, that's, in, that's in our cards for us. That, okay, you're going to have one hit record, you're going to have two, you're going to have ten, you're going to have fifty, you're going to have, like, so many, you know, that no one will ever beat your record, you know, and, and I, I just, you know, or you're going to own a drugstore, you're going to own the whole <laughs> franchise, yeah. you know, you're going to have one hotel, you're going to own every hotel in the world, you know, so I, I just think everything's predetermined for all of us, in, in a sense, I guess, and that was just, you know, that's just one of the things that it's sort of predetermined. Like, you know, I don't know. I, uh, well, you just kind of roll with what's given to you, and then right. you take advantage right. 
of what comes at you. I, I honestly believe I mean, today's music, you know, today, unfortunately, it's gotten so much where the, the companies, it's, it's just so corporate and so money, money, money. And if you don't succeed on your next record, you're dropped from the label. And back then, you had a five-year contract. And, you know, you... you you completed, you know, your obligation for those five years. If it was five albums, you put out five albums for that company. Now, you have one hit album, they sign you for five years, and if the next album's a flop, they drop you. That's what Sharon and I were saying, Casey. A little while ago, we were talking about that bands had a chance to grow a fan base back then. Right. They could go on tour to the smaller clubs, I remember get the working music in the, out. I remember working in the record store, and... Um, and um, uh, what am I trying to say here? I mean, working in the record store, and Fleetwood Mac was a special order, you know? And we'd have one or two people come in, and we would never carry it in the stock, and we had to always special order it. And that's, and again, now it's that mass wouldn't produced. happen no, today. doesn't happen now. And there's none of that, again, as we said, staying power where you can relate to a band or even a single artist. Right. And you grow up with them, and I, you know, and I have to ask you, what what was the feeling? You're sit, wherever you were standing or sitting, I guess one of your managers or someone comes and goes, Casey, your song hit number one. What does that feel like? Well, I mean, that's, I mean, you, you know, it's already going up the charts. Yeah. So when it gets to number one, I mean, that's just like, wow, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of factors to go into go into it being number one or number two or number three. You know, just because a record doesn't make it to number one doesn't mean it was not a number one record, unfortunately. I agree 100%. Because the charts, um, I don't know how they do it now because, I mean, they just have iTunes, you know, they, they do yeah. sell some iTunes. But back then, you know, to the charts, uh, there's numbers for every radio station that goes on your record. Hmm. So every time a radio station goes on your record, you get another point. If a radio station goes off your record, you lose a point. Hmm. So, say say you get a lot of radio stations really early on the, on your record, and they take it to number one, and then the majority of the stations are like m months behind those first rec radio stations, and so you get all these points. So now the, the stations, the first one on it, it's already been number one on their chart, it's on its way down, so now you're getting minus points, so it's going to reflect that way on the chart, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. It's kind of a, it's a system. I'll be honest, you just educated me on how the system works. Right. I wasn't really sure. Right. But it sounds kind of, sounds like mistakes and holes can be made that, that people aren't going to well, catch. Well, like I too. had a number one record, you know, Give It Up yeah. was, was a number one record on ev in every city, on every chart in the world. Love that song. It, it, Billboard, it only showed it number 18, and that it's because of the exact same reason, because there were stations in Miami and other stations around the country that went on the record six weeks prior to the rest of the nation. So by the time the rest of the nation caught up, these stations were it was already on its way down and already been number one. So I was getting negative points taken off the positive points, and I didn't have enough points collectively at the time to make it the number one record. Definitely one of my favorite songs that you, know, you ever did. That yeah. that goes back to I was 16 when that came out, and that just fit yeah. a perfect time period in my life at that point. Yeah, it was a huge, huge record, but this charts never reflected the success of the record. Well, number 18 is I mean, it's a good number. No, like it's you a said, good number. Yeah, yeah but it was 
the number one record. That's what I'm saying, you know. Now, you're in the 70s here. Again, you've, you've got your hits coming. But I have to ask you the clothing. Uh, you know, every band or every singer has its own way of, of dressing and, and how they want to look. What was your influence there? Was that you strictly, or did you have other influences coming in and out to, to give you that look then? Well, my, my normal life was jeans and, and T-shirts. Uh, that was my regular, you know, everyday dress. There you go, Sharon. you got a soulmate there. On and, then, <laughs> and then, um, uh, uh, you know, the first outfits we wore were kind of eclectic, just whatever was off the store shelves. And then, um, you know, as we got more successful, we were introduced to actual people that, um, he's a very famous designer, and, um, more for country artists, but we were introduced to a, uh, to, uh, a designer who would change the way we all looked and dressed. Kind of like Bob Mackie uh, designs for Cher. Right, right. Very bedazzled type and of he, This guy was, and I, I don't know why his name has slipped my, uh, uh, slipped my memory. Because we're all getting older, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a very famous designer for country artists and stuff. Huh. So you had something there. And that's, again, everyone has their signature look. And when you look at your albums, you look at old videos of you, you see that. And, again, I think anyone, as they get older in our age group, oh, yeah, his, remember his name it. was Harvey Krantz. There you go, Harvey Krantz. Right, good to know. Casey, we're going to roll into a break here. We're okay. talking to Casey of Casey and the Sunshine Band. You're listening to Life okay. Unedited. I'm John Averly. My special guest with me today is my wife, Sharon. We'll be back in a few moments. All right, Need the perfect ingredients for a great tailgating experience? All you need are good friends, football, and your favorite food served hot off the propane grill. When grilling, keep the grill top open when lighting, and don't close it until you're sure the grill is lit. Use soapy water to check for leaks between the hose and cylinder connections. Never use an open flame. Always transport and store cylinders in an upright position, and never store or use cylinders indoors. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Propane Foundation and your local propane service provider. Hello, this is State Representative Dan Truitt. I promised to do things differently in Harrisburg, and I have. That's why Brett Bender's incredibly negative ads are so disappointing and untrue. My record and the facts are clear. I stood up to Governor Corbett to invest more state tax dollars in basic education and our local schools than ever before, and introduced meaningful legislation to end bullying in our schools and protect children. I made the gas drillers pay for their impact on our state while protecting our environment with some of the toughest regulations in the country. I made Pennsylvania job-friendly by supporting the small businesses who drive economic growth and create jobs. And I'm leading by example on reform by refusing the taxpayer-paid pension, per diems, and perks. We have the chance to turn our back on Brett Bender's untruthful, politics-as-usual campaign and continue working together for a better Pennsylvania. Please join me. This advertisement was paid for by friends of Dan Truitt. PAMatters.com is your source for news and reporter blogs from Harrisburg. Stay informed on the issues and the people who are making a difference in Pennsylvania. PAMatters.com is also your backstage pass to the inner workings of state government as you can interact with Governor Tom Corbett through our monthly Ask the Governor program. Visit the site today to enter your question for the governor. I'm Governor Tom Corbett. Please join me on Radio PA and PAMatters.com for a discussion on the issues facing our Commonwealth. 
Submit your questions or comment today. Then check back regularly for exclusive video clips featuring Governor Corbett addressing your concerns. Well, Gary, it's one of the things that I've been talking about. I think, Matt, you Chris, I'm sorry to hear that you feel that way. I'll tell you, if she thinks it's fraud, please have her contact the Inspector General's office in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. We'd be happy to take a look at that. There you go, Ruth. That's a good avenue for you. It comes to me for review. If, uh, if they don't get three, it doesn't come to me for review. Okay, so Sergio, there you go. It's a long process, but at least now you know where to get started. That's PAMatters.com. Hi, I'm Monica Potter from the hit TV show Parenthood, and you're listening to WCHE 1520 AM. Welcome back to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is KC of KC and the Sunshine Band. My special co-host with me is my wife, Sharon. KC can be seen coming up this November 17th, Saturday night, at the Tropicana in New Jersey in Atlantic City. Please try to get tickets if there's any left. It should be an excellent show. KC, you played last night, am I correct? Uh, we, yeah, for a charity here called Here's Help. How was that? How do you, uh, what's it, it like to be back we, on stage? It was sold out. I mean, we, we raised a lot of money for the charity, and, uh, you know, it's... it's it's a, it's, it's a good cause. It's I, for kids that are in a drug rehab center. Excellent. I, I know I'm going to jump my wife's question on this one, but, uh, but, but I have the moment to ask it here. When you first step out on stage and you look out over the crowd, what is that feeling like? Um, nervous as hell. Nervous? Okay. That's, <laughs> that's an honest answer. Nervous as hell. No, I mean, well, I mean, you know... There's different things when you first come out there. I mean, you, you see everybody. I mean, and the crazy thing is, you always gravitate towards the person with their arms crossed in front of their chest. <laughs> so you're looking at the negative already. Well, I mean, it just happens. I mean, I could have 18,000 people going crazy, and the one person I notice is the person sitting there not doing a damn thing. I think that's the businessman side. And, 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 and it, it bothers me, and, and it's, it's like almost, I'm almost. You know, I, I, the same kind of person. I don't see my arms crossed, but I'm not, you know, one to really go crazy in, in a show. And, and it, I should understand it more than anybody, and I don't. And that's amazing, because i got to be honest with you. I mean, I did my research on you. I know the music. I love the music. My wife's big into the music. <coughs> I'm shocked in a pleasant way. Don't misunderstand me. But you just took it from that different angle again. And I keep saying the business angle. You kept your head about you. When most of your, you know, contemporaries would not have been doing it that way, and right. even just now, I ask you what you see when you come out. You see the arms crossed. That's a businessman statement. I think <laughs> they're seeing what one person isn't happy about. Exactly. It, it, well, because amazing. you know, I, I mean, I created this music, and I, I just want people to be happy. You know, there's so much crap going on in the world and in our lives. I mean, look what's going on with the, you know, the. Every, the poor people that they're in, in in New Jersey and New York and stuff, and you know my heart goes out to them. I mean, I, you know, I grew up in Miami. I've been through so many of those storms and seen that devastation so many times, over and over and over and over again. And just to know what what the heartache is and what you know what's going on with them, and you know, and it, it's hard. It, it, it's hard to sit there and watch it, and you know, I just think so. Sometimes it's good to just step away for a minute and just have a good moment. You know what I mean? I'll agree 100%. But just have a good moment in life and just let yourself go and enjoy yourself and, you know... Oh, my wife's agreeing with you. She, that, that's how she. That's how. Well, that's, that's what her motto is. Sharon, go. Yeah. You, you got a well, great no, question for him. No, go that, ahead. that's why I like the music of the '70s because yeah. you just turn up the dial and you just lose yourself in the music. 
I mean, I would have thought your first thing, if, if I was a performer and I loved my music and music in general, and if I stepped on stage with thousands of people, I would just be so into watching the people sing along my song word for word. Yeah. It's got to be an instant rush. I mean, I can't imagine that. Oh, it is. I mean, you know, the, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> a, uh, a lot of, I don't think a lot of people realize, you know, the audience sometimes controls the way the show goes and the energy of the show. And, you know, there's times when, you know, you feel the crowd's totally with you, and the other times you feel, oh, they're not all totally, you know what I mean? Right. And right. it really affects the energy of the show, and, and that's one thing that's always amazed me. And, 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 you know, it's like, I don't know if it's because, you know, you know, we're off that night, or if the people are on, I don't know, you know, but, but you know, you can tell, like, you know, you come back and go, wow, that rocked, you know what I mean? And those other nights, well, you know, it wasn't so good. And, um, of course, the audience doesn't know, you know what I mean, you know, when mistakes are made and stuff. And, you know, I mean, it's really hard for me as a vocalist, and I'm up there dancing and acting like a maniac, um, because every night can't be spot on for me, you know what I mean? Sure, and, but everybody else is enjoying it right, right along with you, and they're right. in their moment. Right, it's like one big right. family when you go see a concert. The good thing about a live concert is, is if there's a mistake, it goes by so quick it's not noticed. That's exactly right. Do uh, do the fans dress like? Do women, you know, wear the thigh high boots and look that '70s look with the hair and all? No, you know, sometimes there's a few that come in dressed in '70s stuff, and for the most part, everybody just comes, you know, as they are. Okay. You know, All right. you know I, I wanted to ask a question. John and I... It depends on what the event is. Sometimes it's advertised as a 70s party, so, okay. you know, people will come. We'll come dressed like that. John, John and I saw um, a really great 80s concert, a bunch of 80s bands, and we really enjoyed ourselves when we went to that show. Have you ever thought about collaborating with other 70s? You know, we did a young... show like that. It was called The Boogie Blast. Oh, oh we missed it. We missed it. And it was a lot of fun. Wow. And my band uh, played for all the other acts on the show, and wow. excuse me, it was, okay. it was with me, and it was Gloria Gaynor, ah. Sister Sledge from the, oh my uh, gosh. from the Sisters, I mean, yeah, uh, we are family. Kathy, yeah, Kathy from Sister Sledge, yep. Kathy Sledge from Sister Sledge, and the, uh, I think it was the Tramps, and my, my band played all the music for the whole show, and I'd come and do a couple songs, and then Gloria would come out, and then I would come back, and then Sister Sledge would come out. So the whole show, the whole two or three hours, you know, was just all that... Just hit after hit after oh, hit. Oh wow! After, hit I'm after so hit. sorry we missed that. Yeah. Please do it again if you get the creative juices flowing. Bring yeah, it back, we're, we're please. Yeah, we're thinking about it. You know, maybe this summer, next next summer. I mean, it would be great. We'd love to have you up here, of course, in Atlantic City, in the Philadelphia area. Sharon yeah. and I will definitely be there. Sharon, you had a great question. We asked me off the air, and we talked about this. Going back to Casey, it's back in the, again the mid '70s. He's a young man, energy flowing everywhere. The music's pumping. And your question was, yes, go I, ahead. I have to admit, I did have your posters hung all over my wall. I would cut out <laughs> pictures from Tiger Beat and Teen Beat. Wow. And I had my own collage alongside of my bed. My mother would attest to that. I mean, how did you feel gracing all those covers of all those teen magazines? Did you, you probably, now that I've heard this interview and how, you know, you, how you're thinking, you probably didn't even give it any any attention. Didn't pay it much mind because they were really promoting you as a sex symbol back in the day. Right. With, um, again, I mean, I, I learned early on in my career not to read too much of the press and the magazines, so I tried not to read too much or look into that too much, you know. Um, uh, 
I, those days were pretty hectic for me, you know? Right. Um, and not only was I making music and I have to go do these performances, but there'd be like hundreds of interviews and pictures, photo shoots, and, and just all kind of stuff going on. So um, yeah, it, pretty, it pretty much became a day in the life of, uh, you know, of KC, KC. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but you kept it together, though, again. Yeah. Again, I would, did not come into this interview expecting you to have had a good head on your shoulders at the prime of your career, the prime of your life, you know, going back into your mid-20s, no one has their head on their well, shoulders. Well, you know, I, didn't, I never had a manager. I wow, mean, geez, you I, managed yourself, too? I managed myself. <laughs> My God. You know? Oh, um, man. I, I made some mistakes, and, you know, I did some good things, but... Uh, did you yeah. play up the sex symbol part at all? I mean, you're no, a good-looking guy. No, that's one of the mistakes I made. It? I was on the that was, oh, the, the mistake that you didn't play it up, you think? Correct. Okay, you th okay, because because again, you know, my, we were talking. I mean, about, you know, know, one of the, one of the things. I, I mean, I I guess trying to just have a normal life and not trying to be too far. You know, I, I thought was good for me. I mean, in the long run, it, it hurt me a little bit because people know my music. Mm -hmm. They don't really sometimes identify with the name of the band. Well, I'm sometimes surprised. you could say. Um, uh, I'm with Casey and Central Man, they go, who? And they go, that's the way I am. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? So they really know the songs. We did a great job at that. Okay. <laughs> and I flunked. <laughs> I flunked a little bit publicity. I don't know. Well, that, that, you know, I, I understand where he's coming from. I mean, I'm trying to think how many uh, magazines you were on the cover of. You right. were always inside. And of course, if you were a true fan like myself, I knew who you were. But you were—you weren't Grace. The you know the covers like um, the Hardy Boys, whatever their names were. Right, are, or and, Donnie, or, or whatever. Donnie, yeah. and yeah, I mean. I mean, yeah, I knew you as having a killer smile, and you had that right. Justin Bieber hair going on back in the day. Right. Okay. I, I, I kept it. I kept it kind of low key, a little bit, deliberately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I don't know if in the end it worked out. You know, the best for me. Well, no, well, hold on. It, it might have worked out. You're still doing what you love. No, all these no, no, no. Yeah, but you're made no, a living. You, you can't change the music. Yeah. You can't. Right. You know. You, you know. I, I, there's nothing I could do to the music. You know. And just, I mean, I, you know, it, I, I'm sure it worked out for me because it gave me the peace of mind and the life that I, I really wanted to have. And that was, I, you know, I wanted to be an entertainer. I wanted to be in this business. I wanted to have hit records, but I also wanted a life. You know what I mean? So you found the balance. I found a balance. Boy, you're one of the rare ones that can do that. Yeah, I mean, it was hard. I mean, you know, I mean, you have to understand during the height of my success, and I'm sure for every artist out there, it's very lonely. I mean, you know, at one far at one point, my father gave me a, um, a silver ID bracelet that said, it's tough at the top. You know, and um, it really is. It's tough at the top, and it's one of the most loneliest places I've ever been in my entire life. How about the responsibility, Casey? I mean, you're you're calling it straight out here doing well, this a interview. Huge, there's a huge responsibility. You've got you people know? that make that depend on felt, you for their living. I felt isolated. I, you know, I mean, I'm a person that likes to be around people, and, and, and all of a sudden, I couldn't really be around people. <laughs> I had, you know, I was kind of isolated away from it all. I was on the outside. I was on the inside looking out, you know, kind of like, you know, felt like a caged animal. Well, I definitely want to pick up on that as we come out of this next commercial break. We're talking to Casey of Casey and the Sunshine Band. My special co-host today is my wife, Sharon Aberly. You are listening to Life Unedited. I'm John Aberly. We'll be back in a few moments.
you care about this election. If you have an opinion. If you want a voice. If you want to make a difference. Show it. Show it. When voting this election day, November 6th, you will be asked, but not required, to show a photo ID. To learn more about the new law in Pennsylvania and how to get a free photo ID from PennDOT for future elections, call 1-877-VOTES-PA or visit votespa.com. Sponsored by the PA Department of State. Keeping your yard and home exterior looking great requires a variety of tools, supplies, and decorations. Just as important is a secure, stylish, and well-built shed to store all those materials. The number one location in Chester County and beyond for a shed that's so well-crafted and attractive you'll be tempted to move in is Eagle Sheds of Chester Springs. Eagle Sheds has a huge selection of custom and semi-custom built sheds in a variety of sizes to fit your yard. Now, what sets Eagle Sheds apart is their attention to detail in providing a quality built shed. Most of their sheds come with a tech shield radiant barrier on the inside of the roof that keeps the inside cool even on the hottest of summer days. And they caulk every seam to assure no leaking. They even put a metal diamond plate in the threshold of the shed to keep the wood from getting damaged as you move things in and out the door. The pros at Eagle Sheds will even do a free on-site survey and consultation to make sure your shed will sit correctly in the spot you want it located. They even offer free delivery. Purchase any shed 8 by 10 feet or larger and receive either a free ramp or a free shed series cupola. They can even help arrange financing for Pennsylvania residents. Eagle Sheds of Chester Springs is located at 480 Pottstown Pike, just north of the village of Eagle. They're open Monday through Saturday for your convenience. For more info, give them a call at 610-458-1660. That's 610-458-1660. Or check them out online at eaglesheadsandgazebos.com. I'm Courtney Thorne-Smith. You're listening to WCHE 1520 AM, the talk of Chester County. Welcome back to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my special guest is Casey of Casey and the Sunshine Band. My special co-host is my wife, Sharon. We are talking about Casey and the Sunshine Band from beginning to present. Casey, before we took the break, we were talking about kind of being lonely at the top and, and the responsibilities that you must have felt. Again, you're a young man in your mid-20s, late-20s at that point. People are counting on you for their livelihood. I mean, how do you find an escape at that point? I'm sorry, I, I spaced out a little bit. Oh, that's okay. No, what I'm saying is back in that time period, you know, you're responsible for so many things. Right. You're responsible for the livelihood of the people around you. Right. How did you find your own escape just to come down and find some balance? Um, I, 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 I guess my own escape has always been my music. I, you know, I just... Deeper into my music and things, you know. Um, uh, I've always tried to keep. I, I don't work major holidays. Okay. Um, I've uh, I've always tried to find some downtime for me. I, you know, I I, I love uh, Hawaii, so I, I would probably, you know, probably jet off to Hawaii for a few weeks or, or whatever. Um, you know, I just I, I always try to find the, you know, a moment to just. 
Were you, you able got, to be anonymous? You got to shut down yeah. a little bit for a few days at a time here and there or sometimes. That you know is what I mean? so balanced. I mean, it's um, amazing how balanced you are. You were then. You know, I had my life here at my home. I mean, I had to make my 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 house was my Disneyland. Okay. And, or what if you want to call it that? Play you know, I had little little boats, these little eight you know, eight footer boats that you know, and I so I would get in them and go you know out into the canal and 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 just you know. Do those sort of things, or go fishing, you know, um, uh, you know, just kind of n- normal things, you know. Were you recognized a lot, or were you able to kind of hide away if you wanted to? You know, the funny thing is, like, I mean, back then, I mean, I was, I was recognized, you know, constantly. I mean, it was, I mean, I was on TV constantly, and uh, like again, like Sharon said, in in, in every publication. Um, but you know, there's ways to, uh, you know, back then, uh, the paparazzi, these people weren't such, you know, sluts. You know? And yeah, it's a good way of, point, of putting it. They weren't tracking you down right. like an animal. Right. And right. the picture, the, the dirty picture wasn't going to be worth a million dollars if people are hanging in your trees waiting for you to screw up. Correct. Correct. And so, see, to me, and, and plus, yeah. I mean, there's a way of being private. You know, a lot of, a lot of that stuff, unfortunately, is staged by these artists. And then, you know, after they stage it, they can't get rid of it. And so then, you know, um, you know, I, 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 it's hard to believe half the stories that are out there because a lot of times it's just, you know, the public, pub, the publicists and people, you know, staged the whole thing. And well, you released a sex tape that all of a sudden was stolen out of someone's locked home right, in a locked right, safe. Right, And there was only two people supposedly in the room and one camera. I mean, correct, correct. I agree 100%. And correct. I think today it's become so much more flash yeah. in every aspect of music, unfortunately. And, and Sharon is... Music is her life. You know, luckily I stayed in Miami, and I think had I gone to L.A. that I would have been pulled into it more, you know what I mean? So you had your home base. I stayed in Miami, and I could escape here in Miami. Um, You know, this is my hometown, and, and, you know, people knew me as, as... as, as Harry Wayne Casey, as as who I am, you know what I mean. It's a great way to be if you so, can find so that place. So I walked around in, in you know in, in in Miami pretty much, you know most of the time as a normal person. Uh, there was you know there were times I, would, I went shopping, they would close the stores, or mm-hmm. I would they would take me into a back room and bring the clothes and things into me and stuff that kind of sort of thing, um, kind of a private shopping thing. Um, but you know pretty much. Uh, I moved around pretty much with at ease. I mean, uh, I mean, there's some crazy stories. I mean, there was times when, you know, fans would would follow me and they would get in front of me and, and stop at the stoplight, you know, and and then put their hood up so I couldn't get by. And you that know, wasn't me, by the way. <laughs> you know, there's just you know crazy things like that, or camping out in front of the house and things. And you know, it was just uh, it was. Quite an interesting and exciting life. Yeah, baby, got a question. Hey, Casey, I just wanted to answer some general questions. Um, like right now, music today. What What do you listen to right now? What's on your iPod or? or I what? listen to everything. I mean, I've always loved top forty. So anything that's really on the top forty charts, pretty much. You know, I don't think my change my my change in music my 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 um uh, taste in music pretty much, you know, has changed, you know, but we don't have those great soul R&B type records that we used to have when I was a kid. No, and, and, and the other thing I always say... But you know what I mean? I, I, love, I love a great song, you know. A, um, a catchy lyric or... Yeah, see, a catchy no, lyric, a great no, chorus, you know. There's no bands anymore. You, you can't hear the guitar or no, the bass no or the drums. Or, no. And that drives me nuts. 
Right. I mean, your your music was always very full, and it was visual. It had. I mean, I'm every working component. on a new album, and you know, and parts of it are, you know, electronic. But I've tried to add some of the, the the uh, you know, uh, acoustical instruments, you know, guitars, and I've added some horns to some of this electronic music to, to make it, you know, a mixture of yesterday and today okay. um, and it, it, it's coming out great I mean I'm really my album that started out as a single album is now almost a two record set and I Excellent. think pretty by the time I'm finished it'll be a box set <laughs> All right, that's, that's, <laughs> because that's, I'm just I'm having so much fun in the studio and, and doing this that's great and uh, what, what would be your favorite song that you perform live for the crowd I mean you know, they all are. I mean, you know, last night the show, you know, every song gets a, you know, a different response or, you know, and, you know. Uh, I mean, I know every everybody. You know, I'm, I'm doing a new album and I'm doing a classic record that I won't mention right now because, okay. you know. Okay. Uh, but, I, you know, when I did the classic song, I just felt, you know, really energized doing it. And, you know, it wasn't one of mine, but it's one of the new ones. And, you know, I was excited doing it. The crowd was excited hearing it. And. Um, oh, I'm excited! I'm excited to he- I'm excited yeah, to hear that. Hear that. Yeah. Are you? Do you, is there anybody you really would like to collaborate with? Uh, everybody. I everybody. mean, I'd love to sing with you know Diana, Aretha. I mean, you know, some of these old classic artists would be. A but no, to, but nobody new out there and, and right now. Um, uh, I, you know, I don't know. Um, you know. Uh, I, I would sing with anybody. I, I would love to be on anybody's record. You know, I I, I just I think it would be a great thrill. Yeah, you know? I'm sure you'd bring a different element to you know music that's you know, out I'd there today. I'd love to do something with Beyonce or who you know or or J Lo or whoever. I mean, I would love to be on all these people. That would be that that would that would yeah. be a great funky song. And what when I always have to I don't quite understand like uh, a lot of your songs have the word boogie in it. I mean, is that just a feeling? I mean, I just have to laugh. Uh, our daughter laughs. Whenever, like I, you know, hum, hum, or sing your your tunes around the house. Well, I think two songs had boogie. I think that was yep. sort of a coincidence. Um, <laughs> I'm the boogeyman, <laughs> and, right. you know. Uh, too much of the, the time. Well, period. we all like yeah. the boogie, right? Well, yeah, I roller skated yeah. to your music, and that's where I first yeah. started really getting into it. You yeah. know, in, in the '70s, I mean, it was always playing. The DJ was always spinning your your music, and that's where I first, you know, picked up the love for you and your band. What's your favorite venue to play there, Casey? You like the big stadiums? You like the small, intimate parts? And what's your favorite city to play? I don't know. You know, sometimes the intimate shows are, um, you know, the energy. You, you feel the energy more. Sometimes when it's a bigger arena, um, you feel a little isolated from everyone. Um, uh, you know, they're all my favorites. Every place I play at is my favorite place. I fall in love with every place I go. Um, you know, I, 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 it's this crazy thing. I mean, everywhere I go, I want to buy a house. You know what I mean? It's, like, <laughs> it's great that make you feel like right. you feel that comfortable there. You know, I, I'm I'm, I'm going to move into what you're doing now. We know you're coming out with the album, and it seems to be growing. You just said it's coming into to, to two parts, which is great. We can't wait to to have listened to it, my wife and myself. But I found something interesting, <laughs> and it kind of flows into who you are now. I understand you a little bit better. What you're doing now with a business, if I'm correct on this, you have a performances and publishing company? Correct. Okay. And I like, and this has always been my question, because I've had some of my stuff pirated. Some of my shows have been cut up and, and sent out to the West Coast, and I've caught people doing stuff with it. But this is what you're doing. You're, you're making sure your music or everyone's music, people come to you, that they're getting paid for what's being well, played. Well, you know... I- 
you can't go after everybody because sometimes yes. the amount of money you're losing and the amount of money you would spend to go after it isn't worth it. Agreed. And you know, that's so agreed. you have to draw. You know, you have to just okay. If you catch them, then you go after it and you deal with it. You know, if you think it's substantial enough or, or if it's worth it. You know what I mean? You could drive yourself crazy chasing all of these people, and you know, I mean, you know, so. You know, you, you go after it with... Like like if you hear your song on a major commercial and they didn't come to you and ask for your permission. You go after it. Well, and, and, that. and, that, and that's, uh, again, a complete sense. What I'm curious about, I have though, that happening with a motion picture right now that's been that's out, that they never did get my permission to use a song that we, we posted. And that's amazing to me. I yeah. don't, I can understand... Uh, well, they went to somebody else who thought they had the rights, and uh, they don't have the rights, so now there's going to be a big issue here. Well, let me ask you, what makes you decide who you're going to release... The uh, your your music too for a commercial spot or a promotional spot. I would assume political well, they presented, campaigns. They presented to us if there's going to be a lyric change, they mm -hmm. definitely have to present the lyric change. Um, I you know I get to see all of that and and make a decision whether I want you know my songs promoting their product. Do you ever have you, have you walked away from things? You just thought this is just not it. We have walked away from stuff. Yeah. What happens when uh, in political situations? I mean, your music's played. I try like, to stay yeah. out of political situations. And I was wondering that because if, if you they want to use the music, I did. I, you know, I, I, my eyes are closed. Mm. You know what I mean? Pretty much. Okay, because that would bother me personally. I wouldn't want. My I mean, it depends. I, mean, I, I think maybe if it was a candidate that I, you know, supported. Really. Don't support. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I would feel towards that. That's interesting. So you have now. How do you keep track of what's going on with your music and the promotional aspects of it? I mean, like you said, you can't go after I have, everyone. I, I have thousands of family members and friends out there that make sure I know everything. So they're listening and they're coming back and telling you. Yes. Wow. Have you ever called anyone There's personally? No, you know what? I, I, I was dealing with, with um, my record company, and I, you know, because I, 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 we were bringing up some, you know, the fact that we think there's some bootleg things going on out there, and they said, you know what? If we hired a person on a daily basis to, to go out and look at, they couldn't find all these. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just not enough time in a day to, to really go looking after, you know, just constantly monitor everything. It's kind of like what it, uh, what movie stars and other uh, entertainment people it's do as far as stories. It's the same with anything. If you yeah. own a, you know, it's like Louis Vuitton can't like, you know, find every Chinese guy that's out there bootlegging their product on New York City streets. <laughs> full of, you know, that's a that's a good way of looking at it. I, I mean, they're trying, they're trying, you know, but you know, to a certain degree, you just can't. You waste your time, you know. Yeah, you, you go crazy. You go crazy. You go crazy. We've been talking to Casey from Casey and the Sunshine Band today. Uh, he will be live with the band in Atlantic City the 17th of November, 7.30 at the Tropicana. You can still get tickets in the secondary market. I know it's sold out, but keep trying. Also, you can go to his website, www.heykcsb.com. All the tour information is there. All the other information about KC is available to you. KC, I want to say thank you for coming thank on. You. you made our day today. Yes, it was a pleasure. Thank you. And thank we you know, I, just had a, I just had an incident yeah. real quick. Yeah. That, um, I signed some guitar things. and I, I only sign things personally because I don't want people going out there and, you know, 
yeah. on eBay or whatever. Yeah. So I, I, I was looking through eBay, and I saw this guitar sign with just my signature on it. The guy had the nerve to get acetone or something and erase the personalization part of oh it. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, jeez. And I confronted him with it. So when did it be? Casey, uh, we're going to be there on uh, Saturday night in a couple weeks. Great. And we'll be waving to you and looking forward. Maybe I'll even kind of No, know, I'm going to have hi. my arms crossed so that you pick <laughs> me right out from the crowd. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not sure, you know, if, you're, if your station's covered in the Jersey and New York area. We are. You know, I just want to send my, my best out to all the people there and have faith. And, you know, this, this bad thing can be turned into a good thing. And, and you know, you will get through it. And, you know, that... Uh, uh, you know, there is a lot at the end of your... your uh, KC, we your appreciate title. it, man. Thanks you know. a lot, and thank you to Amy, and thank you to Mark. We appreciate it all. You got it. Thanks, thank man. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.